Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. It is the NASCO Roofing Preview Show. Craig Riley here with you. What's on Tap is brought to you by Coors Light and Mike and Tony's and Moon in Bridgeville. We'll get you today's lineup, this pitching matchup, and a look around the league as we get you ready for tonight's 10:45 first pitch between Chris Archer and Hinjun Ryu. As the Pirates really cold heading into Los Angeles, and this is a hot team, and we're lucky enough here to start the show. A little bit differently, J.P. Hornstra, Dodgers beat writer, Southern California News Group, joins us. J.P., can you tell us a little bit about the last few games, the Pirates coming in really cold? What sort of Dodgers team are they catching right now? Uh, they're catching a Dodgers team that hasn't been at home for the last week. Uh, this is a homecoming game for the Dodgers after a seven-game swing through the NL Central. They won four out of the seven, uh, played the Brewers, pretty tight. They played the Cubs in Chicago, eh, not quite as tight, uh, but they were able to get away with a win yesterday. So this is uh, not a cold team by any stretch of the imagination. The one thing I would worry about with the Dodgers, like you mentioned, they're playing a colder team, a team that they don't see very often. And right after this series, tier three at home, they're heading up to San Francisco to play the Giants. Those are always huge rivalry games. And the one thing the Dodgers don't want to do is kind of overlook these next three. So, uh, you know, it's a veteran team. They should be able to avoid that, but uh, nothing would surprise me at this point. And that's something I want to talk about as well, because in this series, the Pirates have been all about pitching so far to get them to where they are. And in this series, we'll get to see Clayton Kershaw making just his third start and Rich Hill his debut. Are there expectations for those guys, if you can break down sort of what you've seen from Kershaw and what you expect to see from Hill? You know, with Kershaw, it's been a small sample size this season. It's not just that he started the season on the injured list. He didn't pitch in spring training. I mean, we didn't see him at all outside of a bullpen setting. So we're kind of trying to figure out exactly who this Clayton Kershaw is. His pitch mix is different than it has been. He's less reliant on his fastball than he's ever been. But he's got some great secondary stuff. His curveball is one of those very aesthetically pleasing curveballs. His slider is his best pitch, and I'm sure you'll see him use it often. And he's been able to mix speeds effectively so that you don't necessarily notice that he's only throwing that fastball 90-91 most of the time. Uh, I expect him to have a good competitive start, but again, uh, you know, he hasn't had many that we've seen. So uh, who knows? We'll see. If they jump him early, it it wouldn't be all that surprising uh, just because we, we really don't know this Clayton Kershaw all that well yet. And we know even less about Rich Hill because he, this, like you said, this is going to be his debut on Sunday. Um, we did see him in spring training, and he had a pretty good spring training. Um, he's a curveball pitcher. He throws the curveball more frequently than I think all but two starters in Major League Baseball, so you're going to see that a lot. Uh, but that's Rich Hill. You know, he, he's a veteran guy. He's not going to blow you away. He's going to change arm angles. He's going to change speeds. And I'm sure Rich expects to be the same guy he always has been. He's going to be wearing a knee brace. That'll probably be the only difference. 
Now, it's interesting, too, looking at tonight's matchup, the Pirates and the Pirates fans excited about getting Chris Archer back out there. There's always big expectations for him. Hin Jin Ryu, is, he's one start removed from the injured list. Is that correct? That's correct. So what, what happened with him, and is it anything that he's still working his way back in? I know his last start looked pretty solid. Yeah, so Ryu had um, – he, he hurt himself on kind of a strange play on, on the mound. It was one of those that was actually less severe than originally feared. Uh, Ryu is a guy who's missed, boy, almost two years with a shoulder injury, came back last year, looked really strong, and then hurt his groin. That was a serious injury. He missed basically half the season. And then he comes out this year. He pitches really well through his first, I want to say, two starts. And then in that third outing, he goes and suffers an injury again. So for the Dodgers to get him back quickly was a very big positive. Um, when he's healthy, he's been really effective. And I think you're going to see a, a good Hyunjin Ryu tonight. He's at his best when he's at home. He's always pitched well in Dodger Stadium. And I don't know how well the Pirates have fared against left-handed pitching this year, but uh, if, if that's a bad matchup for them, this could be a low-scoring affair. Well, recently every matchup has been a bad one for them. That's, that, that's been the cold streak for them. So lefty or righty doesn't really matter at this point. They're looking to get the bats going. But that's what I want to look at with the Dodgers next. This seems like a really dangerous lineup. Am I correct in that assumption? You know, on, on paper, it really is. There's literally not a guy in there who hasn't had success at some point in his career as an above average or even elite major league hitter. Uh, it's just a question of who's hot at, at, at a given moment. Right now it's kind of hit or miss, but it's still early in the season. You know, a guy like Justin Turner, for example, um, has not hit the ball very well at the outset, but given his track record these last five years, you don't expect that to continue. Uh, he'll be in the middle of the lineup. Corey Seager, same thing. He's still kind of working his way back after missing most of the last year with uh, elbow and hip injuries. Uh, you don't expect him to be cold forever. Uh, I don't know if tonight's the night those guys break out, but it'll happen at some point, you imagine. J.P. Hornster of the Do Dodgers beat writer from Southern California News Group joining us. And I look at it, uh, J.P., the Dodgers third in the league in home runs. Do they live and die by the home run? Do they scratch and claw out runs as well? What sort of offense should Pirates fans be expecting to see? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really an interesting offense in the sense that even if they're not hitting that high for average, what they'll always try to do is draw out the attack. Uh, the Dodgers were notorious last year for working counts deep, trying to get that count full, working a walk if they don't get a pitch to their liking. This year, more of the same. Uh, the Dodgers actually have made contact at a second high, at the highest rate of any National League team and actually the second highest rate of any team in baseball. Uh, second only to the Angels. Um, when you think about that, like National League teams can't use the DH, so you don't expect them to be outpacing American League teams in contact rate. Uh, but up and down this lineup, whether they're hitting the home run, whether they're hitting the single, they're really trying to work counts and just claw and claw and claw. You don't necessarily see that or expect that from a team that's second or third in the league in home runs. Um, you do wonder why, when a guy like Turner, for example, is going to come around batting in the middle of the order. I think his next home run is going to be his first of the season. Um, not everybody is hitting for power right now, but uh, a couple guys are really leading that charge. It's Cody Bellinger, it's Jock Peterson, and it's, it's been a couple guys here and there outside of those two. But uh, if you can keep Peterson and, and um, Bellinger in the ballpark, 
you still are going to face some tough at-bats, even if the Dodgers aren't hitting it over the fence. And that's what will be interesting from the Pirates' perspective, that Archer's issue at times has been his effectiveness or efficiency. So you saying that they draw out those at-bats could make this for an interesting night getting into that Pirates' bullpen for them. But something else I want to talk about here is, with this Dodgers team, is there one weakness that Pirates fans can maybe look for for them to try to get to this team or just overall top to bottom a solid team? Well, one thing that Dave Roberts is trying to do is trying to spread out uh, his hottest hitters throughout this lineup. Um, and, and the other thing, too, Alex Verdugo has been one of their hottest hitters also. He's going to be on the bench tonight, and he's been on the bench most nights. Dave Roberts has kind of effectively used him as a pinch hitter coming off the bench and then leaving him in there uh, after that high leverage at bat um, to, to sort of be a threat late in the game. Um, if you can sort of pitch around the guys who are hitting the ball well, uh, like I said, Bellinger, uh, Peterson, those are the guys really you have to look out for, the, the top two at the moment, um, and, and stay away from Verdugo, you know, you can win those at-bats. It might take you a while, but you can win those at-bats. Um, it, it really is a question of efficiency. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. The only way Archer's going to pitch deep into this game is if he really throws pitches that uh, the guys who aren't hitting the ball as well uh, can put into play and, and, and make an out. Um, I think that's probably going to be what this comes down to, not just for Chris Archer tonight, but for every Pirates pitcher in the series. And we're talking with Dodgers beat writer J.P. Hornstra, Southern California News Group. J.P., uh, Russell Martin is coming back in this series, is that correct? That is correct. He will be in the lineup Sunday. And what are they expecting out of him this year? That's a name Pirates fans very familiar with. They'll be, probably be excited to see him again. What are the expectations from the Dodgers from him now? Uh, the expectations aren't necessarily what they were when uh, Russell Martin was uh, in Pittsburgh, closer to the prime of his career. You know, Martin really couldn't hit very well at all last year in Toronto, which has typically been a, a hitter-friendly ballpark. But he came out early this year when he was healthy, hitting the ball quite well. Um, he even pitched an inning in relief and didn't give up a run. That was a bonus. Uh, I think the baseline, though, for M Russell Martin is that he's going to be a solid pitch framer. He's going to be a veteran guy who can work with the pitching staff, a guy who's pretty much seen every situation under the sun in the game of baseball. And, and it's going to be a good influence on the pitching staff. Um, any offense you get from him is a bonus. The one other thing that M Martin gives is that he was kind of in a timeshare with Austin Barnes. Uh, at the outset, I remember Dave Roberts telling us it was going to be for every four games that Austin Barnes catches, Russell Martin will play three. So Martin's the backup, but it's still fairly evenly spread out. Uh, with Austin Barnes, ever since he's uh, been the main man catching, I want to say, all but, uh, all but three games since Martin went on the DL, the injured list, I should say, uh, Austin Barnes, has, you've seen the workload kind of bring his batting numbers down. So I really think that just by giving Austin Barnes a break, not making him catch every day and handle that workload, uh, that's going to be a boon to the Dodgers' offense. Uh, they didn't get a heck of a lot of offense. Uh, from catcher outside of Yasmani Grandal uh, the last couple years. Uh, so I, I really think just having Martin back in that lineup and taking some of the load off of Austin Barnes is going to be a big help for the Dodgers at this point. Just a couple more questions for you, JP, and we'll let you get out of here. Cody Bellinger is maybe one of, if not the most dangerous hitter in baseball right now. 426 average, 12 home runs, and 31 RBIs. Is it 
I mean, this is an incredible pace he's on. Is this the player that they've sort of always expected out of him, and is this more where he's going to trend? After seeing, I mean, I think it's classified as a bit of a down year for him last year with just the 25 home runs and 76 RBIs. Yeah, you know, his first two seasons were really two different years. And you talk about what the Dodgers expect from Cody Bellinger. I think they expected one thing after 2017, where what you're seeing so far this year would have been kind of a logical next step, if it's not, you know, kind of an extreme version of that. And what they expected after 2018 was a different thing altogether. Uh, by the end of last season, uh, Cody Bellinger was getting platooned. You didn't see him bat against a lot of left-handed starters deep into the playoffs. And that's not necessarily because Bellinger was, you know, unplayable against lefties. It's just that's how the Dodgers decided they were going to upgrade their team at the trade deadline. They went out and got Manny Machado and David Freeze, and uh, you saw them kind of adjust that way. Um, what you've seen now from Cody Bellinger is a guy who's able to have the plate discipline that he lacked at times last season and have the power that he showed as a rookie when he won the Rookie of the Year award. That's a very rare combination. I don't think you're going to expect to see him sustain that for a full season. Very few hitters do. Uh, but it's incredibly encouraging, again, just based off of what Cody Bellinger was doing late last season when he wasn't even playing full-time. It's been an extremely encouraging start. Like you said, it's an incredible pace. He probably won't keep it up. But just in terms of the kids' development, this is exactly what the Dodgers could have hoped for and probably a little more than that. All right, JP, last question for you about the Dodgers. Is there any way the Pirates can get to this bullpen? What does that look like for them this year? Well, the bullpen has been kind of a shaky spot. Um, it, it often is uh, <laughs> uh, early in the season. Uh, the Dodgers have not been a team uh, under Andrew Friedman that has really gone out and, and acquired big-name relief pitchers. And, you know, bucking that trend, they went out and signed Joe Kelly, gave him a big three-year contract after seeing him pitch against them in the World Series last year, pitched really well, and really struggle out of the gate. Um, Joe Kelly has been a guy who, uh, really before his last outing in Chicago, when he did hold the lead for Kenley Jansen, uh, you didn't really know what you were going to get from Kelly. It, it had been quite a roller coaster. Um, he really wasn't, hasn't been the only one in that boat either. Uh, Yimmy Garcia, veteran right-hander who had a really good spring training uh, coming off of an injury, has not had a really good regular season picking up where he left off in spring training. Uh, some of the other guys that they were counting on, Tony Singrani, he's on the disabled list right now. Um, what you've seen is recently the Dodgers have shifted two of their starting pitchers, Ross Stripling and Julio Arias, into bullpen roles to try to even things out. Uh, talking to Dave Roberts today, it sounds like Stripling won't be available in this series because he just made his last start on Thursday, yesterday. Um, but you might see Arias. You might see Arias pitch in some really high leverage situations. They're moving him into the bullpen just to control his innings. Uh, but frankly, it's the Dodger bullpen that really could use all the help it can get right now. They're still trying to figure out who can pitch in leverage situations. And even Kenley Jansen, uh, the closer, hasn't been as rock steady as he's been in, in the past. Uh, he says he isn't struggling. You know, when you're talking about guys who go out and throw only one inning at a time, it's always a small sample size. Uh, Jansen has plenty of time to straighten that out. But uh, it hasn't been quite the lockdown seventh, eighth, and ninth inning that I think the Dodgers were hoping for. But, again, with their personnel shifting, it's really hard to say what you're going to see, what the Pirates are going to see in this series as far as how the roles shake out. 
Well, JP, thank you so much. I couldn't imagine a better breakdown of the Dodgers helping our fans get ready for this series. So thank you so much for taking some time and joining us. Happy to do this anytime. All right, thanks. Take care. That's JP Hornshaw, Dodgers beat writer from the Southern California News Group. And boy, if you weren't aware of what the Dodgers could do before coming into this series, that was an in-depth breakdown to give us all an idea of what sort of team the Pirates are going to be facing here as they're trying to get back on track. The Pirates have been ice cold at the plate. The pitching hasn't been what we were hoping it would be for most of the season. Started out really hot, has cooled off recently, and they're going to face an offense, as you heard JP say there, that has a lot of potential to light up pitchers. And what concerns me about tonight is what he said about this lineup and Chris Archer, that they work counts. We know Chris Archer's efficiency has been one of the things that he's always focused on and worried about. They get a lot of strikeouts out of him or they get him deep into games. Rarely do you see both. We have at times this year. We saw it against the Reds a little bit. The game he got through the game and that actually led to his five game suspension. We saw it from him. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But coming up next on Pirates Preview, we will hear from manager Clint Hurdle. Let's hear what he thinks about this Dodgers team and what they're up against facing a hot team when they're in their slump. That's all coming up next on the NASCO Roofing Preview Show. 93.7 The Fan will be saluting youth baseball and softball players throughout the year. Keep listening for details on the Community Bank Player of the Game. Craig Riley here with you on the NASCO Roofing Preview Show as we get you ready for tonight's first pitch between the 12-11 and 11 Pirates and 16-11 and 11 Dodgers. I told you we wanted to hear from Clinton Hurdle. We're going to play that now as he opened up talking with a reporter about Jung Ho Gung. I paid a little attention to it in, in pregame planning for, uh, for Ryu. Um, and understandably so, from a, from a home home country standpoint, it'll be pretty exciting. As you're doing those game plans, how do you? Sorry, <laughs> how do you navigate a Kershaw who's still good but not the same pitcher he was, and a Hill who you haven't seen this year yet? You've seen plenty of both, but yeah, a little different. No, they're a good question. I think we've actually talked about this before. You game plan for the best pitcher, for the best pitcher the guy's been. You watch the video, um, and it's it's kind of a funny term that more often than not, people outside the game say guys aren't the same pitchers. They're not the ones walking up with the bats, though, and trying to face them because they can still challenge you in different ways. Um, and sometimes that name on the back gets you a strike zone that's still based on that guy that was pitching a couple, three years ago. <clears throat> so Ryu, we know him. Um, we haven't seen him as much as the other guys, but we've seen him. He's going to pitch away uh, with two strikes. He's going to cut the ball in. He's going to try and get us to chase him, but it's going to be the backdoor breaking ball, the two-seam fastball, the changeup. He's, uh, he's, he's more athletic than I think people give him credit for on the mound. Um, he's a strike thrower, so that'll be a challenge. Kershaw, he's still tough uh, and shown to be tough on left-handed hitters. The breaking ball is still playing, still aggressive, still challenging the strike zone. Hill, we've seen him as good as anybody has. We saw him throw, what, almost a 10-inning no-hitter. Uh, big breaking ball, uh, cross-fire delivery. He'll drop down with a left-handed package for some guys every now and then. Another guy that's very athletic. So. It should be a very, I think, a very good opportunity for our guys to step up and to face uh, some some name starting pitching 
at their ballpark. They're a very confident club at home. They're a very good club at home. However, all of them have op opportunities that we can present, I think, to, to take advantage of. Clint, how much are you, is your team suited just <coughs> left-handed pitchers? Um, have you seen our record against left-handed pitchers? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Okay. Um, I think over the years, everybody said, well, you're not very good against left-handed pitcher. Our record actually has shown up to be not bad against left-handed pitcher. We're not built for left-handed pitching. Uh, most of our power uh, right now is for right-handed pitching. But when Cervelli's on his game, Gong's on his game. Uh, Frazier's a, a, an even split guy. When Marte's in the lineup, we have plenty of weapons to face left-handed pitching. Uh, plenty of weapons to face left-handed pitching. Now we've got Cole Tucker, who's a switch hitter at shortstop. We've got Bell, who's a switch hitter uh, in the middle of the lineup that has shown, I, I think, some, some better swings from the right side that we've, than even we've seen in the past. So I, I think we're built both ways. Um, we're going to get to find out, though, three straight days here. Are you excited for Trevor and Rich 2.0? I'm not sure what Rich 2.0 means. I'm sorry, Trevor. Trevor and Rich. Trevor opposed him in the almost no hit. Oh. they're going to face off again. Oh, so. okay. Okay. That that makes more sense to me when you say it that way. I'm not that that 2.0 thing kind of loses the translation for me a little bit. Um, I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. When the next games get here, I'll, I'll be looking forward to those. Trevor's given us an opportunity to win every time he's touched the ball this year, and he he did it for most of the second half as well. Would you like, and I know the other day you, you took him out because of scoring opportunity against the Giants, but would you like to see Chris maybe be a little more pitch efficient uh, than he's been so far this season? <clears throat> I think it's something he's cognizant of and, and that he's working towards. You don't just hit a switch, though. Um, and and make that change, and I think he's shown the ability to, to do you know, innings and average around 16 pitches. 17 pitches. When it begins 20 pitches an inning, that, that's that's challenging to any pitcher. You just run out of you run out of gas in the middle part of the game. So um, I think he's cognizant of it. Sometimes lineups have something to do with it. Um, the game in Washington was the game was on the other side of the fence. He started off a little slow and then he built momentum and had traction and man, uh, it was fun to watch. So I think he's heading in that direction and I think. Uh, we got three guys that have just pitched five innings their last time out. They're all looking forward to touching the ball again and going deeper. Dick isn't getting near to a rehab assignment. He's actually uh, left today. He's in Charlotte. Um, he's going to go through a workout program today. Uh, we have him intending to DH tomorrow and the next day. Having a day off Monday, they'll go to Indy, and then uh, we scheduled to play left field on Tuesday and Wednesday. If all goes well, he'd have Thursday off, travel back, and join us in Pittsburgh on Friday. If all works out. And Marte, is he uh, going to be able to return once he's eligible or soon thereafter? He went and worked out his first full day on the field today. Uh, he'll have another workout tomorrow. Uh, we'll run the bases tomorrow. We'll throw to bases tomorrow. Today was all swing orient, uh, re-swing orientation, and, and just sh shagging fly balls off the bat. Uh, we'll add velocity, we'll add spin uh, all through the weekend, and we'll see where we are when we get to Texas. So I don't anticipate he may not have to go on a rehab. That is tonight's injury report brought to you by WMC Western PA Physicians in Robinson and Imperial. Encouraging news, Starling Marte progressing now.
full workout today, run and throw the ba- run and throw tomorrow. They're going to ramp it up a little bit, maybe not have to send him on a rehab. And somebody out on one right now, Corey Dickerson. We get an update on both those guys. So we keep talking about it on Pirates Preview and the postgame show that getting healthy is the big deal for this team right now. They need to get their weapons back that they've been missing. You take a look at today's lineup, the starting lineup, brought to you by the Rogers Insurance Group. The power of relationships is how we do business. And you see some backups still in there. You look in the outfield, Melky Cabrera starting in left. Brian Reynolds back in the lineup in center field. Those are two positions where you could get guys back. Melky hitting second. You think that's where Marte goes right into when he comes back. You have to go all the way down to seventh to find Brian Reynolds, your other outfielder. And he could bump up when it's Corey Dickerson all the way to the top three. So you get healthy again. You could really rearrange the top of that lineup and move some of the depth down and start to overcome the issues this offense has had because you're going to get back to where you thought you would be at about this point to start the year because all along he was waiting for Gregory Polanco to get back. Well, we didn't know you were going to lose Corey Dickerson as early as you did or Starling Marte when you did. So hopefully this team can find out a way to get healthy here, keep guys healthy for the next few days, maybe up to a week, and get guys back that they need and start to see the offense turn it around and get the pitching staff back to where it was and end this five-game skid they're on. We'll take a look around the league, brought to you by Fox Chapel Advanced Dental Care, the talk of baseball. Vlad Jr. making his MLB debut for the Toronto Blue Jays. You went to MLB.com today. They had 11 stories under their latest news. Five of them were him. You look at their top videos in the middle of the screen, all Vlad Jr. He's hitless in his first three at-bats. One of the videos they had posted was a batting practice home run he hit that he put in like the upper deck. That was the hype surrounding his debut. The number one prospect in baseball is here, and he's playing tonight for the Blue Jays, and a lot of excitement about that. But up next, we'll take a look at today's pitching matchup featuring Chris Archer. We got interesting notes on him from Clint Hurdle, J.P. Hornstra, the Dodgers beat writer, joined us to start and they both talked about efficiency for Archer. That's what I'll focus on and talk to you about that next. We'll get you the lineup and everything else as well. That's still all coming up on the NASCO Roofing Preview Show. Tonight's weather report in L.A. is about what you would expect, a high of 71 and no rain in the forecast. This weather report brought to you by Weather Seal Home Services. Just $1 down can get you new windows. Craig Riley here with you, getting you ready for first pitch 10-10 between the Pirates and Dodgers. The Pirates 12-11 and 11 on the year. The Dodgers 16-11, and 11, and you look at the schedule, and it's not hard to see a couple similarities between what the Pirates and Dodgers have gone through this year. The Dodgers at one point this year lost six in a row. They followed that up by winning six in a row. That happened back-to-back. And now the Dodgers coming into this series after losing three in a row to the Cubs, they're a little cold. The Pirates have lost five in a row. They're cold. The Pirates had their own, if you remember, five-game winning, five-game losing streak that they've gone through. So these two teams, uh, similar in how things have played out for them so far this year, but uh, different in the way they get things done. The Dodgers, a big-time home run club, they have 46 home runs on the year. That is second in the National League. That is third overall. You look for the Pirates on that same list, they have 18. They are second to last. Detroit has less. The Pirates are last in the National League. So we take a look again at those starting lineups for these two teams. We'll start out with the Dodgers. Jock Peterson leading off in left field. Corey Seager at short. 
Justin Turner hitting third at third base. Cody Bellinger is their cleanup hitter in right field. And boy, is he hot to start the year. A.J. Pollock in center field hitting fifth. Max Muncy, their first baseman. Enrique Hernandez hitting seventh, playing second. Austin Barnes catching and hitting eighth. Hin Jun Ryu, we'll tell you more about him on the mound. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier back hitting leadoff. Dealt with the back spasms. Finds his way back into the lineup. Melky Cabrera hitting second in left field. Gregory Polanco hitting third in right. Josh Bell, as you're used to seeing him every game so far, is your cleanup hitter at first base. Jung Ho Gung gets the start at third. We have been talking recently about when we could see Colin Moran maybe start taking over some of that play at third base, if that would happen. Gung's off to a very slow start this season. Colin Moran off to an incredibly hot season by his standards. But Gung gets the start hitting th- hitting fifth and at third. Francisco Cervelli catches hitting sixth. Brian Reynolds back in the lineup in, hitting seventh in center field. And Cole Tucker, your shortstop, hitting eighth. Brian Reynolds, good to see him get back out there. He had that leg injury that took him out of the game the other day. It's great to see him back. He had a nice start to his, albeit brief, Pirates career. We've seen some solid plate appearances from him. He has never really looked overwhelmed. I mean, he got hurt, had a single rifle down the right field line. But you just look at what he's been able to do. It sort of picks up where he left off at AAA this year. Down at AAA, he was hitting 367 and had five home runs. He's hitting 500 here. He's 6 of 12 right now with two doubles, part of his six hits. So it's good to see him get back out there. The Pirates will have their hands full in hinge on Ryu. We're going to talk more about that. Our stock up, stock down. That is Brian Reynolds. That report brought to you by the Fergasso Financial Advisors. We guide for life. It'll be exciting, like I said, to see Brian Reynolds get back out there. Jason Martin goes to the bench, gives them an option late in the game to get his speed on the bases if they will need it. J.P. Hornstra joins us. He joined us, the Dodgers beat writer, to start the show and said it's a mixed bag from this Dodgers bullpen. So a guy like Jason Martin coming off the bench could be a big help if they're able to keep this game close. That's something we'll have to wait and see. On the Farm Report, we're going to take a look at that. Brought to you by your Western PA Kubota dealers. Triple-A Indians have dropped three in a row, but, I mean, can you blame them? So many of their players are here right now that they were banking on. You talk about Brian Reynolds was in their starting outfield. He got called up. Cole Tucker was their starting shortstop. He gets called up. Jason Martin was supposed to start in the outfield for them to start the year. The Pirates have brought him up. So a lot of guys here taking away from that lineup. But the Pirates making the most of those guys, and hopefully we'll get more out of them tonight. We give our tip of the hat brought to you by Dad's Hat PA Rye Whiskey, farm to bottle rye the right way. We're going to tip our hat to the Dodgers as they have owned the Pirates out in L.A. The Pirates on a losing streak coming into this game have lost five straight. They've also lost six straight in L.A. So we'll have to see if they can change that tonight. I don't I don't know if we look ahead taking, uh, taking a look at these pitching matchups that the Pirates have ahead of them. Chris Archer against... Hinjun Ryu, and we mentioned Archer, both J.P. Hornster, the beat writer that joined us earlier, and Clint Hurdle have each mentioned a pitch efficiency. The Dodgers beat writer told us about it in terms of this is a lineup that likes to get at guys, likes to foul off pitches, likes to put a lot of balls in play, likes to make them work. Chris Archer, we haven't seen the efficiency that we've hoped for from him throughout his Pirates career. It hasn't been there. He either strikes out a lot of guys and goes short in games or makes it a little bit deeper. So far this year, we've seen a little bit of both from him on that front. 
went five innings in his first start against the Cardinals through 99 pitches. His second start, Cincinnati, went six innings, 100 pitches. Against Washington, seven innings, 94 pitches. And in that game, he struck out nine. So that was the game where we started to see what we were hoping to see from Chris Archer. A little bit of both in terms of efficiency, strikeouts, and pitch count. Then in his last start against the Giants, he goes just five innings, only strikes out two, but only threw 83 pitches. Part of him getting pulled from that game was because of the offense that they needed, and that's another story for the Pirates, is generating offense. That's going to be difficult for them on most nights. It's been incredibly difficult for them against the against the Diamondbacks like we saw in that past series. We'll have to see what they can get out of this Dodgers pitching staff. We mentioned Hinjun Ryu. He has made just one start after being on the IL. It was a solid start coming back. Clayton Kershaw has only made a couple of starts to start the year. And Rich Hill, the third starter they're going to see in this series, hasn't made a start yet. He's making his 2019 debut. So this will be a chance. The Dodgers come in losing three in a row. The Pirates have lost five in a row. Something has to give for one of these teams. The Pirates will lean heavily all year long on their starting pitching. You get Chris Archer, Joe Musgrove, and Trevor Williams, the next three up for the Pirates. I like their chances with those three, but as we said, this is a red-hot Dodgers lineup, top to bottom, that one through eight. So we'll have to see what they can do against them. We mentioned the pitching matchup brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Hinjun Ryu, 2-1 with a 3-10 ERA and 23 strikeouts and four starts. Like we said, that last start he made, the first coming off the IL, but he was solid. Two runs allowed in that start, went five and two-thirds, gave up six hits, one walk, struck out nine in that game. His first three starts of the year, he went six innings, struck out eight against Arizona, seven innings, gave up two earned runs, struck out five against the Giants, and in his third start, five innings, two earned runs, just one strikeout against the Cardinals. And the other thing about him, he doesn't walk a lot. If you look through his stats, just two walks to start the year. So the Pirates will have to find a way to get runs on their own. Ryu is not the type of pitcher that's going to leave a lot out there for you. He's not going to put guys on base. He's going to strike you out. But a way you can try to get to him, and we may see this from the Pirates tonight, his first start, he gave up a home run. His second start, a home run. His third start, a home run. And this most recent start back coming off the IL, he gave up two home runs. So the Pirates, like we had mentioned, this lineup not known for its power production. You have Josh Bell in it. He has shown some power. One place they could get it, Jung Ho Gung. Even though he's not going well right now, he still has home run power. We've seen it from him. He's on pace for about 30 home runs to start the year. So while the average is down, that could be part of what he's trying to figure out as he missed the two years getting back into the swing of things. But if you give him a mistake pitch, he's going to hit it. So there's a chance tonight to have a little bit of pop in the middle of the lineup. Gregory Polanco hitting third. We're waiting to see the power come around for him, but we know it's in there. Josh Bell hitting fourth. We've seen the power. Gung hitting fifth. We've seen the power from him as well. So the Pirates could try to get at Ryu that way. Take a look at Chris Archer, 1-1, one one, a 2.74 ERA, and 26 strikeouts in his four starts. We mentioned just the five innings pitch after 83 pitches his last time out. So we're going to want to see the efficiency. But this Dodgers team, we keep mentioning it, is dangerous. You look at what they've done. Bellinger has 12 home runs. He's in the heart of this lineup for them hitting fourth. 
12 home runs, 31 runs driven in, hitting 426, an OPS of 1.394. That's insane. That's an impossible number to keep up, but he's red hot. And the plate discipline from him as well, 15 walks to just 13 strikeouts. So this is a guy that's hitting for a ton of power, but not swinging freely that he's only struck out 13 times. Other guys in this lineup, Jock Peterson, their leadoff hitter, hitting just 263, but 10 home runs for him as well. So there's power throughout this lineup. This is a team that can, we talked to their beat writer earlier, said they can manufacture runs if they need to, but they also have the bop to drive them in any way they want. So the Pirates coming in cold, not exactly the type of team they want to be seeing right now. You look at the betting numbers, as I always like to do, the Pirates are coming into this game as a significant underdog. There's value if you want to take them to win this game. I don't know if I feel great about their chances. This is going to be a tough one for the Pirates to end their losing streak. We mentioned that something will have to give one way or the other. Both teams come in with losing streaks. The Dodgers having lost three in a row, the Pirates five. This is a tough one for me. I I like the Pirates pitching staff still. I feel like the bullpen has really come around recently. We've seen more from Keone Kella. Richard Rodriguez has settled in. Felipe Vasquez is as lights out as anybody in the league. Maybe the best closer this league has to offer. I feel good about the back end of that bullpen now, but it's going to be a matter of getting to the back end of the bullpen tonight. Chris Archer, that inefficiency at times in a Dodgers lineup that likes to make you work, that means you could be seeing a Nick Kingham come in, a Francisco Liriano. And they've been, Liriano's been solid lately. Kingham, you get a little bit of a mixed bag. He's, I think he's exceeded some expectations early on out of the bullpen. But the Dodgers will look to get to them early on, and they could if they knock Archer out of this game. So that's something else that we'll keep an eye on in this game. We always do this with Jack. Jack Zarensic, the co-host. He's not with me tonight, but it's one of his favorite things. We take a look at the pitcher props in the game, strikeouts. Ryu is at six strikeouts for this game is his his number over or under. Over or under six and a half for Chris Archer. Ryu, I feel like six. I'm, I, I would go under against this lineup. He has had games where he's reached all the way up, like we told you about, nine strikeouts. I'm not sure if he'll have that against this Pirates lineup. Chris Archer worries me a little bit that his number's at six and a half. It's a little bit higher for the over-under. And this is a lineup that's hot. Let's say he gets that six and a half. That that doesn't mean great things, though, because it could be the fact that he is striking out a lot. They're fouling off pitches. I would worry that's my concern for tonight's game if we're going to look at that. I, I would be concerned that Archer doesn't go deep into this game. And then you look at what the Pirates have to face the rest of this series. There's some big-time pitchers on the mound, Clayton Kershaw and Rich Hill. Pirates get to put out Joe Musgrove and Trevor Williams as we look ahead a little bit as well. Those guys have done they, – they've been great this year. Musgrove 1-1, one one, a 159 ERA. Trevor Williams 1-1, one one, a 259 ERA. They can handle their own. But you have to worry in the first game of this series if they do get to Archer – getting to the bullpen as well. What's it going to do through the rest of the series as you try to figure out what who you're going to throw out there against a red-hot Dodgers lineup? You're going to want a full arsenal of guys to throw against this lineup. And if you get late in this series against Kershaw and Rich Hill and Musgrove and Williams, maybe get one of them get knocked around if Archer would tonight, then you're not going to be able to play the matchups like you want to, and that will hurt this team because 
is we talked about the Dodgers beat writer as well. They really mix this lineup well where there's guys all throughout that present problems. So you can't just pick one spot where you think, okay, we can try and sneak in one of our other relievers and get through this. That probably won't happen in this series. And the Pirates have to stop this losing streak. We've seen the defense be a problem for them over the last couple of games. Again, Gregory Polanco had his struggles in right field. We've seen them from Gregory Polanco before. That's the thing. We're hoping that doesn't continue to be an issue. But we also saw in that last game against the Diamondbacks, Zach Granke hit a ball down the right field line that was likely going to be a double. But Granke's a pretty good pitcher. And he stretched it into a triple. And I believe it was Dyson hitting leadoff for them. He hits a triple down the right field line. That's something I'll keep a close eye on from Gregory Polanco moving forward throughout the season. We heard Neil Huntington mention that the the Pirates worked in spring training about getting their outfielder or getting their infielders out closer to Gregory Polanco for cutoff throws. They've acknowledged time and time again that his shoulder is not where it needs to be in terms of throwing. I'm worried the teams are going to start taking and take advantage of that. And this is a Dodgers lineup with some speed in it. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. I, I don't know if Polanco, how that's going to work out for them. It, you ask him to make a shorter throw. Okay, you get it to the infielder, but that's a longer throw for the infielder. That's putting the onus on those guys. So we'll see how the defense works out for them. Like I said, they've been a little cold in different areas. I feel good about the starting pitching still, even though their struggles against the Diamondbacks. Mentioned this is a good Dodgers roster. That was a red-hot Diamondbacks lineup. So you hope that maybe you catch the Dodgers, the bats cool off a little bit because you're going to catch some good pitchers in this series as well. And they get Russell Martin back, who we know we're very familiar with here. Russell Martin, not the bat that he was before, but still a good catcher and good in terms of framing pitches, as the Dodgers beat writer reminded us earlier. That's something that he'll bring to the lineup. He's going to be back in there for them. So Pirates fans... Something exciting to keep an eye on. We're going to see Russell Martin in this series. You get to see Clayton Kershaw, Rich Hill make his debut. There are some exciting things to keep an eye on in this series. I feel the Pirates coming into it need to take two out of three, though. The Pirates are in the middle of a stretch here right now. They're on the road. They just finished up that homestand. They're going to be on the road at the Dodgers. Then they go to the Rangers and get to come home again to the Athletics. This is no easy road that they're going to be facing here over the next few games because after that, You're looking at the Cardinals, at the Diamondbacks, again, at the Padres. That's going to be another tough little streak for the Pirates to get through. So we talk about where they are to start the year, 12-11. and They were 12-6. and There was a lot of excitement around this team. It has worn off just a little bit because of losing five in a row. But you still feel like they have a chance against this Dodgers team. Like I said, they've lost six in a row out in L.A., You hope they can figure out a way to put an end to that, and it'd be a great time to do it because it's always the Dodgers, that big-money team. If the Pirates are able to get to them, we'll inspire more faith in them moving forward. So we'll see if they can get to them before they go out on the road as well. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what the pitching staff can do. We mentioned Chris Archer gets the start tonight. We'll keep you also up to date here. We're under the clock getting ready to go to the Pirates' network for this game we want to try and get you the Steelers pick before it came before we got to that their pick is in we'll get you that if we get a chance here tonight's pick to perform for the Pirates though we're gonna take a look at that that's brought to you by Oxford Athletic Club of Wexford Pittsburgh's premier athletic resort there are not a whole lot of numbers to go off in this one the Pirates don't have a lot of experience against Ryu if you take a look at that 
Same with Archer, though. That's what's interesting here. The Dodgers don't really know Archer all that well. The Pirates, the guy who has the most experience against them is Starling Marte. Obviously, we're not going to see him. My pick to perform looking down this lineup, the safe pick would be Josh Bell. I'm actually going to go with Melky Cabrera. He's been really solid for this team throughout the year, doing a great job filling in for them in right field, playing left field now with Polanco back. I feel good about picking Melky Cabrera. He's just... He, he, the power hasn't been there, but a singles hitter. He has 1,800 hits in his career. I feel good about him being able to get to Ryu tonight and hopefully help, help set the table early on. Get to him early. Try to get to a Dodgers bullpen that we heard has its times where they're not super effective. That's my pick to perform. We're going to step aside, get you ready for the Pirates Radio Network. That wraps it up here for Pirates Preview, brought to you by NASCO Roofing. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 